y'all. Rochelle here. And Lynn. If you like our podcast, be sure to rate and review us on your podcast platform. Or share us on social media so more folks out there can join the Idgits and Aspets family. And don't forget to subscribe as well so you automatically have our newest episodes. Okay, so today we're talking about season seven, episode six, called Slash Fiction. We start out in a bank. Sam says to Dean, you sure about this? Dean says, trust me. And he walks over to a teller and Sam goes to the front door. Dean says, good morning, Megan. That, that is a really, really pretty dress. Megan says, oh. <laughs> She's she like, makes- you're a really, really pretty dress. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Dean makes a hand signal below the counter so Megan can't see to Sam who goes to the door. Megan says, thank you. It's vintage. Dean says, well, it looks new on you. <laughs> Megan says, aren't you sweet, sir? Dean says, call me Dean. Sam closes and locks the door. Megan says, how can I help you today, Dean? Dean says, um, well, I don't actually have an account at this bank, but I was wondering if there's any way um, I could get a change for that. And he slides a hundred dollar bill across the counter. Megan says, I think I can make an exception just for you. (laughs) Dean says, thanks. Dean looks at Sam who nods. Megan says, how do you want it, Dean? Dean laughs. laughs. Very suggestively, it might have. I know, I like it. (laughs) I don't think I'd have enough balls to say that. Oh, no, no freaking way. To someone who looks like Dean. Nope, not even a little. (laughs) Dean laughs and says, well, I'm going to have to take a rain check and all your money. Dean points a semi-automatic rifle at her, and then he and Sam shoot at the ceiling. Sam says, hands in the air, hands in the air. Your money's insured, so no heroes, okay? So we cut to Dean pushing Megan into a bank box full of other employees and customers. Dean says, get in there. Sam says, you ready? Dean says, yep. Dean looks up at the security camera recording them and winks at it. Sam and Dean then shoot everyone in the room. When everyone is dead, Sam shrugs and Dean nods. And we get our opening title sequence. So that ain't good. No. <laughs> they seem to have a problem with banks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they do. Huh. Okay. Uh, so we cut to Bobby's cabin. I guess it's Rufus's cabin, but I'm calling it Bobby's now. Well, I mean, it is. I mean, Rufus is, is no more. So. <laughs> oh, rest in peace, Rufus. We love you, Rufus. Yeah. Okay. So Chet is chained to a chair. Bobby fills a syringe with some liquid and says, okay, Chet, let's see how you like a little fruit of the poison tree. Chet says, isn't that just a legal expression? Bobby says, you're going to wish it was. (laughs) Bobby stabs the syringe into Chet's thigh and Chet says, hmm. Okay. Similar finish to holy water, not as bitter (laughs) as salt rock. Sam and Dean come down the stairs. Chet says, and how are my two favorite meat sickles? Dean says, is he still sucking air? Bobby says, greatest hits didn't do the trick. I'm down to B-sides and deep cuts. Dean says, well, you better figure out something quick. That whammy that witch dude put on him is only going to last for a few days. He gets his spinach back. We're going to end up having to drop a car on him just to stop him. Chet (laughs) says, actually, Edgar walked away from that car. He's fine. Well, he's a little pissed at you, but oh, you didn't know. Dean says, why don't you just shut your cake trap? Chet says, ooh. He's like, I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Bobby says, oh no, Sam says, Bobby, you've been using all this stuff and he still won't talk? Bobby shakes his head no. Dean pulls up a stool close to Chet and sits down. Chet says, huddle over, coach. Dean says, how'd you find us? Chet says, it was easy. I used pattern, recogni- 
pattern recognition software and basic heuristic algorithm to track your known aliases. Bobby says, great, just what we need, a Mensa monster. Dean gets up and walks over to Sam. Chet chuckles. Sam says, all right, let's just start with start. Where did you get our aliases? Chet says, from your trench-coated friend, obviously, when we were all nestled in at Camp Cass, kind of got the full download. That's just how we do. <laughs> Bobby says, so This is how we do. So, oh, what was that song? <laughs> when he said it too, I like had it popped into my head or had it pop into my head, but I have no idea who sings it. I don't know what song you're talking oh, about. Katy Perry, maybe? This is how we do. Oh, I don't know it. Oh, crap. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. You're going to have to look it up. Anyways. <laughs> okay. Bobby says, so why are you talking to us, Chet? You're not dumb. Why are you spilling state secrets? Chet says, because I'm not scared of you. You can't stop me. You can't stop any of us. We can't be killed, you stupid little chew toys. You are aware that I'm the least of your concerns, right? Oh, you haven't watched the news today, have you? So we cut to the three boys upstairs watching the news. The reporter on the TV says, the two men who up until today were presumed dead locked the doors and opened fire, leaving no survivors. Sam and Dean Winchester are now the subjects of a manhunt throughout the state of California. Bobby turns off the TV and says, busy morning, you two? Dean says, those sons of bitches Xeroxed us. <laughs> Sam says, but I don't understand how. Bobby says, I don't know. Maybe one of them touched you at the hospital. Chet yells from the basement, it was the hair. Not too hard to lift some DNA out of a motel shower drain, guys. Dean says, you can copy people like that? Bobby shrugs. Dean says, awesome. Well, what is their plan exactly? Sam says, squeeze us. Turn us into the most wanted men in America. Dean says, all right, well, that settles it. We find these ass monkeys and we kill them ourselves. Bobby says, wait a sec. Every form of law enforcement in the country has seen your ugly mugs this morning. Dean says, exactly. So what's the point in trying to hide? Bobby says, better than sticking your fool neck out. These things are smarter than you. Downstairs, Chet laughs. Sam <laughs> says, geez, Bobby, don't sugarcoat it. Bobby says, you don't have a clue how to kill him or slow him down. And your plan is what? Go right at him? Genius. Dean says, they're wearing our faces, Bobby. This is personal. He's Sam like, says, don't like it. <laughs> yeah. Sam says, yeah, I'm with Dean here. <laughs> Bobby says, well, if you're going to be stupid, you might as well be smart about it. You need to see a fellow named Frank Devereaux. Sam says, who's he? Bobby says, he's a jackass and a lunatic, but he owes me one from back in Port Huron. Bobby hands Dean a piece of paper with Frank's addresses on Frank's address on it. Bobby says, in the meantime, I'll keep working on Chatty Cathy here. See if I can figure out what makes him die. <laughs> so we cut to a gas station. The Impala pulls up to the pumps and Sam and Dean get out. Sam says the usual. Dean says, rhymes with sing songs. So we cut to inside the gas station. Sam puts a box of bing bongs and some other items on the counter to check what even, out. Uh, probably ding dongs. Yes, it should have been ding dongs, but it is definitely, I looked at it and it said bing bong. Well, I'm sure it was probably some sort of, we can't use this name, but we're going to use this name. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was like, bing bong. That doesn't sound tasty. Mm -mm. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Uh, Sam says, do you guys sell protein bars? The clerk says, yeah. And then he takes a long look at Sam's face. The clerk says, but it's in the back. Uh, just give me a second. Sam says, sure, thanks. And the clerk walks to the back room and takes his cell phone out. Sam sees security footage of him and Dean on a TV behind the counter. Sam hurries out of the convenience store. Dean is gassing up baby. Sam says, pretty sure the cashier just made me drive. So they hurriedly leave the station. Uh, we cut to um, 
outside a crime scene at the what does that say oh the manitoc savings savings and loan two fbi guys get out of their car and hold up their badges to the sheriff special agent morris says special agent morris this is special agent valente the sheriff says gentlemen these winchester boys are keeping busy i hear what is this some type of psycho road trip the sheriff says uh the second bank plus the convenience store Special Agent Morris says, a couple of days ago, they were dead. We know about what you know. The sheriff says, excuse me, and he walks away. Special Agent Valente says, actual serial killers. Special Agent Morris says, crime spree means paperwork. Lots of it, which you'll be doing. Special Agent Valente's cell phone beeps, and he reads a text. He says, we got to go. Winchester spotted at a gas and sip. It's about a 1,000 miles from here. That's fast. Must have flown. Special Agent Morris says, that or Batmobile. So we cut to nighttime. Sam and Dean pull up to an unlit house and get out a baby. Dean says, you sure this is the right place? Sam says, yeah. So they go to the front door and Sam knocks. Sam says, Frank, are you in there? Frank? They open the unlocked door. Sam says, Frank? The boys walk through the house, which is all Hello. dark. <laughs> I know. Sam says, Frank, anybody here? Hello? Anybody home? Suddenly, Frank turns on a lamp. He's sitting in an armchair pointing a gun at them. Frank says, well, well, spider caught some flies. And Sam and Dean put their hands in the air. Frank says, <laughs> Frank Can I says, just say that I love Frank? <laughs> I love Frank too. He's like the fun kind of crazy, like, you know, not quite level of scary crazy, but like he's off his rocker enough that you can be like, I can hang out with him and just, you can't take anything he says too seriously, but yeah. it's still going to be a good time, you know? <laughs> Oh, yeah, totally, totally. <laughs> Frank says, well, I'll be darned. Psycho Butch and Sundance, you're on CNN right now. Sam says, no, no, that's not us. Frank says, I know, it can't be, unless you had a teleporter. Do you have a teleporter? <laughs> Dean shakes his head no. Sam says, no, sir, we don't. Frank says, well, my condolences on the doppelgangers. Now, who sent you? NSA, the Phoebe, March of Dimes? Dean says, uh, Bobby Singer sent us. Frank stands up and cocks his gun. Dean says, or not. Who? Sam says, he said you could help. He said you owed him from Port Huron. Frank finally lowers his gun and says, guy saved your life one time. And what, you owe him for the rest of yours? Dean says, that's usually how it works. Yeah. <laughs> like, duh. <laughs> yeah. Frank points his gun at Dean again and then lowers it reluctantly. Uh, we cut to Frank shredding the boys' ID cards while Sam and Dean watch their doubles kill people on the security footage. Frank says, oh, yeah, I know that Bobby's into that magic hooey, but truth is, the government has been cloning people for years. Guess it was just your turn in the barrel. Sam says, well, actually, Dean says, forget it. He's rolling. Frank says, yours have been busy beavers. You're number two on the most wanted list. Quickest climb up the charts since Donna Summer. Sam says, so what do you think we should do? Frank says, Cuba's nice this time of year. Dean says, no, we're not hiding. Frank says to Sam, is he always this stupid? Dean says, look, we, uh, Frank turns on some classical music and Dean says, we go to stick around. Uh, what does he say? Hold, hold on here. <laughs> okay. Dean says, we got to stick around and kick, and kick a couple asses. <laughs> so we just need you to get us further off the grid, but keep us on the board. Frank says, well, first thing we got to do is wipe all your old aliases. No more rock shout outs. It's Tom and John Smith from now on and no plastic cash only. 
Frank tosses the boy some cell phones and says, and change your phones on a very frequent non-schedule schedule. You understand? Oh, and try to stay out of view of the 200 million cameras that the government has access to. Okay. <laughs> Dean says 200 million. Frank says, big brother. He has many eyeballs, my friend. You see a place that even looks like it can afford security. You just ease down off the road. Frank takes out Sam's laptop from a bag and says, this is your laptop, right? Sam says, yeah, that's mine. Frank smashes a laptop against a desk He's like, over oh, and great. over. <laughs> yeah. <There it> goes. <laughs> Sam says, what? Hey, what do you, what was that? And then Frank hands Sam a new laptop. Sam says, uh, thank you, I guess. Frank says, no problem. You owe me five grand cash. <laughs> Sam says, what? Dean says, what? Frank says, unless you want to go comparison shop at the mall, sweet cheeks, say hi to the cops for me, okay? Frank grabs Dean uh, by the jacket and shoves him against the wall. Frank says, let's blue steel you up some new IDs, Mr. and Mr. Smith. And then he takes pictures of Sam and Dean. So we cut back to Bobby and Chet. Bobby shoots Chet in the chest with a shotgun. Chet says, woo, do it again. Come on, do it again. May not Bobby, do much, but it'll make him feel a little better. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Bobby puts the gun down. Chet says, so you're going to just touch me in the morning and then walk away? Bobby says, are you still talking? Chet says, aren't you sick of this yet? Bobby says, you bleed. Black. It's not sure, but you bleed. You can die. Chet says, sure, sport. Whatever you say. Try the acid again. Why don't you? Poor sap. You're stumped. Bobby says, give it a rest, mouthy. Chet <laughs> says, how long do you think these will hold once the spell, once the spell wears off? Hmm? Tick tock, old man. I'm going to really enjoy eating you right down to that hat. Bobby says, I said, shut up. He's Chet like, don't says, talk about my hat. I know, not the hat. <laughs> anything but the hat. <laughs> Chet says, and then I'm going to eat everyone you ever said hello to. Bobby picks up a machete and slices off Chet's head, which falls to the ground. Bobby says, hot damn. Well, that was something. <laughs> So we cut back to Sam and Dean. Frank gives the boys some new IDs and a map and says, I marked all the towns your stunt doubles hit so you can see the pattern. Sam says, all right, great. So um, what is the pattern? Frank says, no clue, man. I can't see it. Sam says, it seems random. Frank says, little tip from a pro. There's no such thing as a random series of robbery murders by your evil twins. Well, have yourself some uppers and look at that some more. Frank pats Sam on the shoulder and says, good luck. Sam says, thanks, Frank. Frank says, for what? Sending you to your death? Your doubles want to be on candid camera, put you in the line of fire. Now I'd lay low because I love life and it's infinite mysteries. But you two want to be dumb. That's fine. At least have the common sense to ditch your car. <laughs> Dean says, well, excuse me, what? Frank says, your double mints. They're using a car just like the one outside. So we He's cut like, to those assholes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Don't want to ditch my car. Not baby. <laughs> so we cut to Bobby in the kitchen of Rufus's cabin, unlocking some supplies. Someone knocks on the door. Bobby grabs his gun and looks through the peephole. He smooths his beard and then opens the door. It's Jody. Jody. Bobby's, Jody. Bobby says, what the, what the hell are you doing here? Jody says, you're all charm, Bobby. Bobby says, <laughs> so my therapist keeps telling me. How'd you find me? Jody says, I'm a cop, remember? Jody holds up a plastic bag and a six pack and says, you going to invite me in? Bobby says, well, you may not want me to. I got one of the big mouths downstairs. Jody says, so I won't go downstairs. Uh, she comes inside and puts her stuff on the table and says, I wanted to come. Thank you. Bobby says, thank me. 
Jody says, well, yeah, seeing as they were fresh out of the thanks for saving me from liver eating surgeon cards at the store. Bobby <laughs> says, oh, that just doing my job, which nobody pays me for. <laughs> He's not a little bit bitter at all. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Jody says, right. How you doing, Bobby? Bobby says, I'm fine. Every day is a gift. Jody says, your house just burned down. Bobby says, as you can see, I got a roof over me. Jody says, Bobby, let someone be nice to you for five minutes. Bobby says, okay, but not too nice. I can't be going soft. <laughs> Jody says, of course not. I can cook-ish, you know. Why don't you let me make you something? Maybe put this new place of yours in some kind of order. Come on, I owe you that much. Bobby says, okay, thanks, Sheriff. Jody smiles at him and says, Jody. So she's making eyes at him <laughs> she does make eyes at him i was kind of like oh <laughs> okay then <laughs> hello what hello sheriff mills yeah <laughs> i kind of like friend? it yeah get it <laughs> <coughs> i'm fine okay are you all right Do yeah you i just drink? got real excited i guess okay <laughs> <laughs> <I choked. laughs> Okay, so we get to Bobby going downstairs. He sees Chet's head reattached to his body. Chet says, did you think it would be that easy? Bobby says, no, but it's a start. Bobby <laughs> picks up the machete and Chet says, ugh. And Bobby cuts off Chet's head again. We cut like, to Sam really? and Dean. Yeah, he's like, oh, come on. So we cut to Sam and Dean. Dean is driving a small old hatchback. A My Little Pony is hanging from the rearview mirror. Dean squeezes it and it makes a noise. He takes out his knife and cuts it down. Sam says, are you okay? Dean says, you know, it's bad enough that they're ganking people, wearing our mugs, but now this, having us driving around in this, this caboodle while baby's on lockdown? Sam says, it's temporary, Dean. Dean says, nobody puts baby in a corner. <laughs> Sam says, you know, that's a line from, Dean says, Swayze movie. Swayze always gets a pass. <laughs> Sam says, right, uh, well, you want you want some tunes or something? Here. Sam turns on the radio, which is playing air supplies all out of love. Sam says, sorry, man. I, uh, Dean says, just leave it. Probably going to be the only thing on. Sam looks at the map Frank gave him, and Dean starts to lip sync to the song. Dean notices that Sam is watching him and stops lip, lip syncing. <laughs> Dean turns and looks out the side driver, the driver's side window, and then he starts to lip sync again. Sam looks at him, and he stops again. He's like, what? <laughs> No, no. Dean moves his head in time with the guitar. And Sam says, here. And he switches off the radio and studies the map. Uh, Jericho is circled. We get a flashback of a woman in white from the pilot episode. Sam says, Dean. Dean says, what? Sam says, Jericho, the lady in white. Then we see uh, Blackwater Ridge is circled on the map. And we get a flashback of the Wendigo from, season or from episode two. Sam says, Blackwater, Wendigo, Lake Manitok, the kid in the lake. And we get a flashback of the ghost kid in the lake from episode three. Dean says, they're hitting towns we work jobs in. Sam says, in order, since the day I left Stanford with you. Dean says, so what, they want us to find them? Sam says, well, one way to find out, because next case would be in St. Louis. Dean says, perfect, Connor's Diner, best burgers in St. Louis. Oh, I deserve something good in my life right now. So we cut to Connor's Diner. Leviathan, Sam and Dean are there eating food. Leviathan, Dean nods at the burger in front of him and says you know he has one of these every day and in his heart he thinks they're almost as good as sex <laughs> this is disgusting and he puts the burger down 
Leviathan Sam pushes a plate of salad away from him and says, dead plants with creamy goo. It's like eating self-righteousness. I mean, you tell me which is worse. <laughs> Leviathan Dean says, I mean, honestly, I just, you know what? I can't stand the guy. Talk about a hero complex. And he doesn't have relationships. No, he has applications for sainthood. Oh, and he thinks he's funny. He thinks he's a damn comedian. He is. <laughs> he is. He Are is all funny. of his jokes good? No, but he is funny. <laughs> yeah, I still laugh at them. Uh-huh. <laughs> Leviathan Sam says, who has two thumbs and a full f- and full-blown bats in the belfry? Leviathan Dean points at Leviathan Sam and Leviathan Sam points at himself with both thumbs. <laughs> Leviathan Sam says, I'm serious. It's nothing but Satan visions on the inside. I mean, how he's walking around in a jacket with detachable arms is beyond me. You know, I had a brother with this many issues once. Leviathan Dean says, yeah. Leviathan Sam says, you know what I did? Leviathan Dean says, hmm. Leviathan Sam says, I ate him. Leviathan He's like, naturally, Dean, why not? Yeah, I know. <laughs> Leviathan Dean says, of course you did. <laughs> Leviathan Sam says, how are these guys even a threat? Leviathan Dean says, boss says they got to go. They got to go. Leviathan Sam says, right, idea. You want to trade? I mean, I'll take chuckles over schizo. <laughs> Leviathan Dean says, no, I like this one's hair better. You can stay in the big one. <laughs> Leviathan Sam says, all right, in that case, let's turn up the heat. The sooner I get out of this and into something more stable, the better. So they take uh, so they take out their guns. Leviathan Dean says, hold on. And he looks at a teenager in a booth behind him. Leviathan Dean says, hey, kid, hey, why don't you fire up the camera on that thing? But the kid just smirks and does nothing. Leviathan Dean points his gun at the teenager and says, point it over here. So the kid picks up his phone and aims it at Leviathan Dean, who says, shall we? Leviathan, Th- Leviathan Sam stands up and points his gun at the ceiling. Leviathan. Le- Leviathan. I like that. Leviathan. Uh, Leviathan says, all right, everybody be cool. This is a robbery. Leviathan Dean gets up onto the counter as Leviathan points his gun at the no, diner customers. something awful. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I'm going to keep doing it. <laughs> Leviathan Dean says, anybody moves and I'll execute every last one of you. So we cut to the boys in the hatchback. They're talking to Bobby on speakerphone. Bobby says, chopping their heads off won't kill them, but it'll slow them down pretty good till they fuse back up anyhow. Sam says, well, that's something, I guess. I mean, assuming we can even get close to them. Bobby says, believe me, I don't want you walking right up to them either. I'm still looking for something you can shoot at them. Dean says, good times. All right. Thanks, Bobby. Over at Bobby's, uh, Jody is making sandwiches. She says, hey, you take mayo, right, Bobby? And Bobby nods. Dean says, you got a chick over there? Bobby says, what? No. He's Dean like, says, caught red-handed. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Dean says, are you even working, Richard Gear?" Bobby says, shut up, you idiot. Sam and Dean smile at each other. Bobby says, where are you boys off to next? Sam says, uh, St. Louis. That's where we... Bobby says it's too late. They hit St. Louis. Pumpkin and honey, pumpkin and honey bunny to diner there. Dean says Connor's diner. Bobby says yeah. How'd you know? Dean says lucky guess. All right, so much for that. Sam says well I guess we're off to uh, Ankeny, Iowa. Call us if you get anything else. Bobby says you got it, and they hang up. We cut to daytime at Connor's diner. Special agents Morris and Valente go inside. Special agents Morris and Valente hold up their badges to a police officer who is sitting at a booth watching the recording on the teenager's phone. Special agent Morris says, Special agent Morris and Valente, you were the first on the scene. 
The police officer says, unfortunately. Valente says, want to tell us what happened? The police officer plays the recording on the phone for them. On the recording, you can hear the diner patrons screaming. Leviathan Dean, who is standing on the counter, lifts his gun and fires. Customers cower on the floor. Leviathan goes up to the camera and says, hey, 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 keep that up. I didn't say you could put that down. I want the whole world to know what Sam and Dean Winchester are capable of. Leviathan points his gun at the camera. Uh, what is that? Points his gun at the camera holder's friends and shoots him. There's more gunfire. Leviathan Dean says, is that all of them? Leviathan says, all but one. The teenager holding the camera says, no, please, no. But Leviathan shoots the teenager. Leviathan, Leviathan. And I'm sorry. <laughs> Leviathan and Leviathan Dean get very close to the camera and smile. Leviathan Dean says, well, good night, St. Louis. You've been a wonderful crowd. Grab your socks and hose, Iowa, because we're headed to you next. Leviathan Dean and Leviathan both wink. Special Agent Morris says, we need to alert. Valente says, federal, state, local, I'm on it. So we cut back to Bobby, who is preparing to electrocute Chet. Bobby touches the skin on Chet's arm with his own as he attaches jumper cables to Chet's chains. Chet says in Bobby's voice, does this skin make me look fat? Chet has turned into Bobby's doppelganger. Dirty Bobby thing. I know. Bobby says, balls. <laughs> Chet says, it's pretty dark in here. High school dropout, a drunk like your daddy before you. Oh, you and dad. Now that is a can of scorpions. Your favorite singer is Jody freaking Mitchell. Oh, Bobby, you are 10 pounds of sad in a five pound bag. So we cut to a street in Ankeny, Iowa. Sam and Dean are walking and then a black Impala passes them. Dean says, Sam, Sam, hold up. Don't move. Don't move. So Leviathan, Sam, and Dean park the Impala on the other side of the street and then get out. Sam says, oh, no, this is all sorts of wrong. Dean says, those are nice wheels. Tell you what, when this is over, I'm stealing those rims. <laughs> Dean gets I out his phone. I won't even see it coming. Yeah. <laughs> Dean takes out his phone and calls Bobby. Chet is still chained to the chair looking like Bobby. Chet says, tell the kids I said hi. Bobby on the phone says, yeah. Dean says, Bobby, we got eyes on them. Bobby says, what? Dean says, it's like looking at a funhouse mirror. Bobby says, yeah, I know the feeling. Dean says, all right, well, tell me. You got something. Otherwise, we're going to have to get in close. Bobby says, look, just hang back for now. Dean says, it's too late. We got to. But just then, a police car pulls up, up with sirens going off. Dean says, hang on. A sheriff and an officer get out of the police car, and the sheriff points a gun at Dean and says, hands in the air. Dean says, whoa, whoa, whoa. A second police car joins them. Dean says, big misunderstanding. The cops from the second car are now pointing their guns at Sam and Dean. Dean says, look, the guys you want. The sheriff says, shut up. Dean says, they're right there. Sheriff's, the sheriff says, shut up, drop the phone, put your hands in the air. Bobby on the phone says, Dean, but Dean puts the phone down. Bobby says, Dean, the sheriff says, cuff him. So Sam and Dean get handcuffed. Dean looks at Leviathan Dean, who is back in the driver's seat of the Impala. Leviathan Dean winks at him. That just would just catch a break. I know that would piss me off. Like that would all piss of me it. off to be like, you son of a gun. You know? I know. Like, really? You're going to wink at me. Not cool. No. <laughs> so we cut back to Chet still looking like Bobby. Chet says, you know, the thing about you, Bobby, Bobby says, save it. I already know me handsome. Chet says, you got the gruff thing down. Seen more death than an electric chair ready to die with your boots on. But you know, deep down inside, you're no cynic. You still hope you even got a thing for that lady upstairs. 
tiny part of you thinks maybe after all this is done you and mrs sheriff can make your own little cabin in the woods that is hilarious you're not getting any older than tomorrow bobby why do you bother bobby picks up the machete bobby says are you a browning fan chet says come again bobby says robert browning poet you got that name rattling around up there with the rest of my thoughts and feelings chet says it's kind of hard to sift through all the drunken blackouts but bobby says a man's reach should exceed his grasp chet says i like that that's actually lovely browning after i eat you i'm definitely gonna hit the library bobby raises the machete but several drops of liquid fall from the ceiling onto chet's arm and burn his skin chet says what the hell is that more drops fall burning through chet's skin chet says get it off get it off get it off of me more drops fall. Chet's face is now burning and a large patch on his arm is black. Chet screams, get it off of me. Bobby hurries upstairs and sees Jody on her knees wringing out a cloth into a bucket. She gets up when she sees Bobby and says, oh, sorry, little snafu here. Bobby grabs her face with both hands and smooches her. <laughs> oh, that was so cute. I loved it. And <laughs> She's just like, wait, not that I'm complaining, but what just happened? You know? I know. <laughs> Jody says, mm, okay, I wasn't expecting that reaction. Bobby says, what the hell was in that bucket? So we can't cut to the Ankeny Sheriff's office. Sam and Dean are being escorted in. Sam says, look, you're making a mistake. The real killers are back at the diner, okay? The sheriff says, is that the best you can do? Dean says, I want my phone call. The sheriff says, oh, there'll be a call to the FBI. To the other cops, he says, take him, uh, indicating Dean, to cell number one. Take that one, indicating Sam, to the interview room. Once they're separate and secure, you boys call it a night. Sam says, you're making a mistake. The two deputies who handcuff Sam and Dean leave the building. Leviathan Dean and Leviathan watch from the Impala. As the officers walk closer, Leviathan Dean and Leviathan get out of the Impala. The two deputies who handcuff Sam and Dean walk back into the police station. A third deputy is there. Deputy number three says, what, did you guys forget something or what? Deputy number one walks up behind deputy number three and breaks his neck. His mouth opens and we see that he is a Leviathan. So we cut to the sheriff uh, walking towards Dean's cell. Dean says, hey, I have a right to my phone call. The sheriff says, a right? You killed how many people last couple days and you want me to hop to on your rights? Dean says, I didn't. Please just give me one phone call. So we cut to Bobby uh, leaning over Chet's headless burning body. He's, his phone rings. Bobby says, boys, inside the sheriff's station, the sheriff is holding out a phone and outside the cell. Dean says into the phone, Bobby, we got popped. Bobby says, okay, I'll be there as soon as. But Dean says, no, no, there's no time. Look, we saw them. They saw us. So we are coming to get us. You read me? Tell me you got something. Bobby says, there's a chemical, sodium borate. Dean says, okay, let me get Mr. Wizard on speed dial. Bobby says, no, no, it ain't as weird as it sounds. It's found in industrial cleaners and soaps and laundry powder. Just look for anything with the word borax on it. Dean says, you want me to desperate housewife these mothers? Bobby says, no, just trust me. It burns them bad enough to slow them down. So get the strongest you can find. You hear me? Dean says, borax burns. Got it. Bobby says, then douse them. Then get close. Then chop the heads off. Bobby puts Chet's head into a cardboard box. Dean says, got it. Bobby says, and keep the heads separate. Dean says, Bobby, you're a genius. Thanks. I, uh... But the sheriff snaps the phone closed. Dean says, what'd you do that for? The sheriff says, borax? Decapitation? What kind of sickos are you and your friends? The sheriff starts to walk away. Dean says, hey, you listen to me. The sheriff pauses and turns back to Dean. Dean says, if you don't 
if you don't go get every ounce, every drop of whatever that stuff is in this place right now, we're all going to die. The sheriff says, well, you're crazier than I thought. And he leaves. Dean says, hey, but the sheriff walks towards the office area and sees deputy number one leaning over a desk eating deputy number three. Deputy number two walks into the room and says, what are you doing? Deputy number one straightens up. His face is covered in blood. Deputy number two says, what is your problem? We don't have time for lunch right now. Deputy number one says, I was hungry. Deputy number two says, later, let's go. So deputy number one transforms into Sam and deputy number two transforms into Dean and they leave the room. So we cut to Dean sitting in his cell. The sheriff walks towards him. Dean says, what is it? What happened? The sheriff says, it's, uh, I don't know what I just saw. Dean says, let me out of here. So the sheriff opens the cell. Dean says, okay, you listen to me and we'll live. All right, keep your head down, get to the supply closet, get anything that says borax on it, bring it here, now go. So we cut to Sam in the interview room. He's handcuffed to a table and Dean enters. Sam says, Dean, and Sam holds out his handcuffed wrist so Dean can free him. Leviathan Dean says, I'm not your brother, but I am Dean adjacent. So we cut to Dean in the main office area. Dean takes the gun off the body of the Eaton officer and says, sorry. Then Sam see, then Dean sees Sam and says, Sammy. Dean realizes from Sam's expression that it is Leviathan. <laughs> <laughs> Dean says, not Sammy. Dean shoots him, but it has no effect. Leviathan knocks the gun out of Dean's hand and throws them into a trophy cabinet. Leviathan Dean. Oh, we cut back to the interview room. Leviathan Dean says, I just want to let you know how much I've really grown to hate you and your brother since we've been wearing you. I just don't get it. You could be anything. You're strong. You're uninhibited. You're smart enough, believe it or not, but you're so caught up in being good and taking care of each other. Sam says, what do you care? Leviathan Dean says, because it pisses me off. You're wasting a perfectly good opportunity to subjugate the weak. Dean, uh, we cut to the main office area. Dean gets up and uses his elbow to break the glass on a cabinet containing an emergency axe. Leviathan says, cute, really think you can get close enough to use it? Dean says, not until you're burning. And then the sheriff is there and he tosses the cleaning liquid, cleaning liquid from a bucket onto Leviathan, who starts to sizzle. Black smoke rises from his skin. Leviathan screams. Then Dean cuts off Leviathan's head. Uh, Leviathan, uh, we cut back to Sam. Leviathan Dean says, here's the deal. Uh, Dean thinks you're a nutballs. He thinks you're off your game. Sam says, you're going to kill me or is this some sort of play with your food bowl? Leviathan Dean says, all right, all right. You know, I guess that's why Dean never told you that he killed Amy. Sam looks at Leviathan Dean in shock. Leviathan Dean says, there it is. That look on your face. That is priceless. That's what I've been waiting for. Now I can eat you. Because you see, I like my meat a little bitter. Yeah, he is a jerk. Ugh. Like, really? Didn't I have mean, to do I that. get it, but still. <laughs> yeah. So uh, just then, Dean bursts into the room, throws liquid at Leviathan Dean, and cuts off his head with the axe. Dean says, well, that felt good. The sheriff frees Sam from his handcuffs and says, so the FBI is on the way. Dean says, yeah, listen, about that. The sheriff says, whatever I can do, especially if it involves lying about everything I just saw. <laughs> Dean says, good. I was hoping you could help us kind of be dead, you know, quote unquote. The sheriff says, yeah, yeah, I should be able to swing that. All right. Dean says, come on, let's grab a mop. Dean starts to leave the room, but pauses when he sees that Sam is just sitting there. Dean says, Sammy, you okay? Sam says, yeah, I'm fine. Dean says, let's go. 
Dean leaves and Sam stays seated as Sam stays seated at the table. So we cut to the coroner's office. The sheriff says, that's when I got the drop on them and shot them both. Special Agent Valente says, you did good, Sheriff. The coroner says, here's the files. Cause of death, multiple gunshot wounds. I fingerprinted them first, of course, for your records. Valente says, mind if we take a look at the bodies? The sheriff says, their bodies were sent to the funeral home for cremation as per their living wills and religious requirements. Valente <laughs> says, wow, that must be some kind of record. They died last night. The sheriff says, you can contact the funeral home. They might still have the bodies. As you know, once we do the autopsy, we're obliged to release. Special Agent Morris says, you had the bodies destroyed? What kind of backwater operation is this? Valente says, hey, easy. Forget about it. No bodies, no paperwork, right? Somebody once told me that was a good thing. The good news still stands. This case is closed. Sam and Dean Winchester are dead. So the agents leave. We cut back to Bobby and Jody watching the news. The reporter on the television says, the Winchester crime spree has come to a violent end in Iowa where they were gunned down. Bobby turns off the TV and Jody puts on her jacket. Jody says, that should take the heat off. Bobby says, for now. Thanks, Jody. Couldn't have done it without you. Jody says, anytime you need me to spill something else, you give me a call. <laughs> Bobby says, actually, there is one more thing. Bobby gets very close to Jody, who smiles very big at him. She's like, hey. She's like, yes, give Aww. me another smoochy smooch. Mm -hmm. Then Bobby holds up a finger and goes to get a cardboard box. Jody picks up her purse. Bobby hands the box to Jody and says, don't open it, even if it starts talking, especially if it starts talking. When you cross over under Hill Bridge, just toss it in a drink. If you'll excuse me, I, uh, I got a body to bury in cement. Then Bobby kisses Jody on the cheek. Jody looks surprised that he didn't kiss her on the lips again. He's like, I was surprised I too. What do you think is going on with that? Why do you think he didn't smooch her on the lips? I mean, I don't really know. That's kind of one of those, like, I... Maybe because he got shy all of a sudden, he's like, I kind of, I went too far last time. And even though that's what I wanted, it's not how I wanted that to happen, you know? But Jody's given him all the signals, you know? Yeah, but like, he's just, just Bobby is smart. <laughs> but I don't know if he's that smart. <laughs> Got it. Okay. He's very book smart, but street smart. Oh. Yeah. Okay. So we cut to the coroner's office. The coroner is taking a sample from one of the Leviathan bodies. She says, Dad, seriously, lying to the FBI, incinerating bodies, and this stuff? What the hell is it? Because it sure isn't blood. Uh, Special Agent Valente is suddenly in the doorway. He says, you're right about that, sweetie. It's much more than blood. The sheriff says, I can explain. Valente says, don't bother. And his face transforms into a Leviathan face. And he rushes at the sheriff and the coroner. Blood splatters everywhere. Too bad. Yeah. Yeah. We cut to some time later. Uh, Leviathan Special Agent Valente unzips one of the body bags containing the leviathans he takes out his phone and makes a call uh valente leviathan valente says on the phone says it's valente yes sir i'm with them now well unfortunately their heads are missing so we cut to an office building a man in a suit named dick roman who is speaking <laughs> on his phone uh leaves the building dick says huh but the actual winchesters are dead yes uh, Leviathan Special Agent Valente says, no, sir, they're in the wind. Dick says, so all that brain power, all those resources, and those two field mice are still on my to-do list. 
Valente says, I'm sorry, sir. We could grab some more DNA and double them again. Dick says, I like where your head's at. But sometimes less is more. Those boys coming back from the dead again starts to strain credulity. Dick says, uh, even for the American media, am I right? Valente says, yes, sir. Dick says, I like the subtler approach. Back to the vision board on this one. Valente says, of course. Dick says, just secure the bodies and get back to the FBI and we'll get this Winchester situation a good think. And we'll give this Winchester situation a good think. Valente says, definitely. Thanks, sir. Dick says, and Valente? Next time, call me with a win for your sake. Please don't make me bib you. <laughs> Valente says, yes, sir. Dick greets the limousine driver and says, I'm craving a latte. You mind running across the street before we hit the trail? Decaf, two pumps of vanilla. Dick hands the limousine driver some money uh, and says, and grab yourself whatever you want. My treat. <clears throat> so Dick gets into the limo and picks up a newspaper. Suddenly Crowley is there. He is holding a basket covered with a towel. Crowley says, Mr. Roman, I felt it was time we met in person. I'm Crowley. I run hell. Dick says, yes, yes, of course. I agree. A hundred percent. High time we met. Crowley uncovers the basket he's holding. It has muffins inside. Crowley says, a token. Dick says, you shouldn't have. I love a muffin. Crowley says, 100% organic baby uvulas, gluten-free. Dick, sa Dick says, so considerate. Crowley gives the muffins to Dick and says, I'll cut to the chase, Mr. Roman. Uh, Dick says, please, Dick. Crowley says, <laughs> There's Dick. so much Dick happening. <laughs> a lot of Dick is going to happen in this uh, season, too. Yeah. It's all about Dick. Yep. yep. <laughs> We'll see. I don't know if I can handle it. <laughs> I don't know if I can handle that much dick. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> uh, I'm just going to apologize in advance. <laughs> For this whole season. <laughs> whole season. Yeah. Uh, Crowley says, Dick, you and I control large interests and I feel strongly that I feel strongly could meld to the benefit of all. Dick says, do you think? Crowley says, I know. Straight talk. We should be friends, you and I. Straight Dick talk. <laughs> okay, Dick you says, little gangster. <laughs> yep. Dick He's says, like, I got this underground mafia situation going on. We should, <laughs> you should join my cause. Yep. Like, um. <laughs> That's kind of cute. <laughs> it was funny. Dick says, why? Why in the world would we be? Crowley says, well, I brought you here, Dick. I found a way to open the door to purgatory. Dick says, to steal every last soul, you mean, you and that angel friend of yours. Don't roofie me and call it romance. <laughs> Crowley, Crowley says, I think you've got me wrong. Dick says, now it's your turn to listen. I'd rather swim, swim through hot garbage than shake hands with a bottom-feeding mutation like you. You demons are ugly, lazy, gold-digging whores. You're less than humans, and they're not much, and they're not good for much till you dip them in garlic sauce. I'd never work with you, Crowley. In fact, I've I wasn't busy with the better things. I might actively wipe your kind from the face of the universe. And you deserve it. Are we clear? Crowley says, keep the muffins. And then he disappears. He's like, <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> yep. He's like, all right, peace out. <laughs> so we cut to Sam and Dean at a pier. Dean opens the hatchback trunk, which has a bag with the Leviathan heads inside. Dean says, are you sure you want to dump these things? I'm thinking they might actually come in handy down the road. What do you think? Sam doesn't reply. Dean says, hey, what? What is it? Talk. Sam says, nothing. Dean says, well, that's convincing. 
did monster us give you the jeebs huh because i gotta be honest i ain't looking in the mirror for a while myself sam says okay you really want to know what's wrong dean says yeah yeah you know here to help sam says here to help kind of like how you helped amy dean says listen sam sam says don't don't lie to me again no don't even talk to me yeah i can't sam opens the car door and takes out some bags sam says you know what dean sam starts to walk away and says i can't dean says you can't what sam says i can't talk to you right now dean i can't even be around you right now dean says okay so sam says i think you should just go on without me there's a long pause and dean nods sam says go dean says all right sorry sam sam walks away and credits Okay, so my thoughts, my thoughts, my thoughts, my thoughts for this episode. <laughs> uh, um, so when Dean at the beginning was like, shut your cake trap, um, you're a pie guy. Why isn't it shut your pie hole? Yeah, I don't know. That, Maybe. Who did he say it to? I can't remember. Um, oh, what's his face? The Leviathan guy. Um, oh, Chet. Chet. I was going to say, maybe he knows that Chet likes cake. <laughs> but he wouldn't know that i don't think he would know that yeah <laughs> he likes people <laughs> he likes a lot of people to eat you know yeah. like he's not so picky about that i wouldn't think it's i know he likes cheese that's right <laughs> shut your cheese hole that sounds wrong that sounds i don't know really <laughs> wrong. <laughs> But anyways, I just was kind of like, that does, that seems like not a Dean thing to say, yeah. but anyways, um, also, okay. So I have mixed feelings about them cloning baby. Well, it's cool that there's two of them. Does mm -hmm. that mean that like baby is a Leviathan? No, I don't think so. Like, what Leviathan touched their car and decided I'm going to turn into the car. Cause how else would they clone the car? I don't think so. I think they just went out and got an Impala. But they said it was cloned. Yeah, I, I don't I don't think they meant that though. Huh. Yeah, that was my impression. <laughs> Maybe it's like a oh, what is that, night rider sort of situation. The car is like, I'm a car for now, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but I've got a conscious, you know. Yeah. <laughs> or conscience. Whatever. I don't know. English. Um yeah, also I was kind of giggling as I was watching this episode. So as they're going through with the, like the evil Sam and the evil Dean, they're like <laughs> in the subtitles going evil Dean says this. And then Dean says this, or evil Sam says this. And then Sam says this. Yeah. Yeah. I <laughs> like that. Good. But okay. The boys play really good bad guys. They totally do. And I love it. I love it when Jared plays a bad guy. He's so super foxy. I don't know what it is about. That. I mean, both of them are for sure. Oh yeah. oh yeah. But yeah, that was pretty good. I was just like, um, okay. <laughs> like, I'm here for this. Yeah. <laughs> also, I think it's hilarious how soap is the thing essentially that like takes out a Leviathan. Oh you know? yeah, like the cleaner. Yeah. Borax. Yeah. Borax, like yeah. It, it it's soap essentially. Like <laughs> yeah. All of these fancy things. Well, not I shouldn't say fancy things, but you know, when it comes to like silver and all the different, you know, like this thing needs to be killed with a steak dipped in this or whatever, you know. Mm -hmm. And then it's like, just throw some soap on these guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it seems kind of like not. 
And the Leviathans like didn't know about it either. It was a surprise to them. What is that? Yeah. I guess if you're one of the most unholy things, what is something that's clean? Soap. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) We figured it out. I can only imagine the conversations in the um (laughs) in the writing rooms for this. Well, they're supposed to be these really unclean, like monsters that are like gooey oozy. What should we do? Soap, you know. <laughs> yeah, let's clean them up. Yeah. Who came up with that? I'd like to know. <laughs> um also, okay, Leviathans totally look like those sea lampreys. Oh Have my you ever god, seen they those? do. Yeah, with the teeth. Ugh. Yeah. Those like every time I see out. one of them, I'm like, you look like a teeth eel. <laughs> <laughs> those things scare the shit out of me. Ugh. They don't necessarily scare me per se, but I definitely wouldn't want one attached to me Ugh. or near me that Ugh. it could attach to me. Yeah. Like, yeah, that no, sounds thank you. pretty gross. I don't like it. But yeah, no, my only other thought was that like, okay, there's so much angst with this like brother breakup thing that they're having right now. <laughs> oh my God. I know it. Like, and you knew it was going to happen. Yeah, I hate it when they split up. But in this case, like, I think Sam is in the right. Oh, for sure. Like, I would need some time, too. Yeah. Like, you killed my first ever girlfriend. Exactly. (laughs) Really out of, like, you know, duty and no feeling whatsoever. Like, where are your feelings, man? (laughs) Yeah. And that's not something that can be reversible, you know? Like, you can't just, like... Well, I guess it's supernatural. Things come back from the dead all the time. But, yeah, <laughs> you know, like, generally speaking, the monsters, once you kill them, are gone, you know? Mm-hmm. But, yeah. Anyways, it was, it was definitely a little, little angsty, but I was kind of disappointed that they didn't have a little bit more of a conversation to it other than D- or Sam's just like, nope, I'm done and just left. It's like, you're not going to try and like talk about it at all. Like, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I agree with you. And Dean didn't even really apologize. He just, well, he's just said, sorry, Sam. And that yeah. was it. Like, it was like, dude, you knew I had to do it sort of thing. Yeah. Like, he's sorry, but he's not sorry. Exactly. Like, he's sorry. I'm sorry. I hurt your feelings, but I would do it again. You know? Yes, exactly. Yeah. And Sam's probably like, yeah, I know you would do it again, which is why we're not talking right now. You know? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Anyway, um, what was your favorite moment from this episode? My favorite moment was when they were in the car and the music came on and (laughs) Dean was lip syncing to Air Supply Uh and trying to hide it from Sam, Mm -hmm. but he just couldn't help himself. Yeah, (laughs) I love it. I showed Eric was uh, working last night while I was doing these notes and I was like, Eric, I need to show you something. And I like dragged him into the room to watch that part. And he was just (laughs) like, Air Supply. Yeah. (laughs) yeah that was definitely that was one of my favorite moments too mm-hmm. but the other one was when dean was like so angsty about the whole baby situation he's like nobody puts baby in a corner yeah <laughs> <laughs> and sam's like um you know what that's from right and dean's like it's a patrick swayze movie you can't tell me that i can't watch that you know yeah he's like swayze gets a pass yeah like, yeah you can't tell me it's a chick flick i don't care swayze's in it you know yep yeah <laughs> anyways 
Um, our interesting facts from this episode. Um, so the first one, it says in the, in the first of the diner scenes, uh, the camera moves towards Sam and Dean, but along the way, the camera passes by a woman sitting at the counter talking. Um, this woman is played by Jensen Ackles' sister, Mackenzie. Um, oh. and the person she's talking to is her real life husband. How cool. Which you never get to see his face from what I remember. Really? I don't remember that scene at all. So I'm not sure. I remember, like, I okay, remember so her. remember when they're in the diner and they kind of like move down like the bar area and there's this like blonde girl like talking to somebody on like a, I, I would assume is like a date type situation. No, I don't remember oh. that. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 for some reason did remember it. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I kind of want to like go back and like pause it just to see if they like look alike you know, or similar, I I think, but some people don't look like their siblings at all. Other people look very much like their siblings, Mm -hmm. but anyway, um, it says the outsiders author, Essie Hinton, um, is a huge fan of supernatural and made a cameo in this episode, (laughs) but it doesn't say what (laughs) it just says that there's a cameo. Oh, I didn't catch that. Well, not that I know what that author looks like, but that's pretty cool. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Like, where would there have been a cameo? Maybe in a diner scene. Yeah. Or maybe as like a police officer or something. Yeah, could be. Oh, that'd be, that'd be so fun just to be like famous enough that you could go do a cameo on your favorite TV show. And yeah, if I could do that, I'd be like, kill me. I want to be someone who dies. (laughs) I don't know what I would want to be on Supernatural. If I was just doing like a cameo type thing. I don't know if I'd necessarily want to be somebody who died. I think I'd rather be like, I would be fine with being somebody who died if I was a monster and like die as a monster Mm -hmm. or just somebody who has like a short conversation with, you know, one of the main actors, whether it's Jensen and Jared or Bobby or somebody, you know, yeah, I think it'd be fun to be someone who died, like maybe in that first like opening title or before the opening title sequence, be the person who dies. Yeah, I think that'd be fun. Did I ever tell you that I did one of those mock DUI car crashes for high school? I think so. Yeah, I was totally the person who died in the car crash. Oh, good. And, and they they put me in a body bag. Mm hmm. And put me in the back of an ambulance. And it was so fucking surreal. The whole thing. I remember laying there in the parking lot in a body bag. And people would shout at me like, hey, Lynn, as they walked by. And then they'd, be, they'd, be like, they'd be like, I can see you breathing. And I'd be like, well, of course I'm breathing. I'm not actually dead. Like, this is not oh real. God, what do you want from me? <laughs> you want me to pretend I'm not breathing because that is just too much. <laughs> That's too much commitment for this yeah. sort of situation. <laughs> they had a funeral for me in the. Uh, auditorium afterwards so there was a casket and they played um they played Sarah McLaughlin's I will remember you of course <laughs> yes. well they played a slideshow of me with my friends <laughs> did you have to sit in the casket no I didn't I was walking around the school and um I remember I bumped into my creative writing teacher and he I was like hey and he was like hey and I was like you're not at my funeral 
And he goes, he's like, I didn't want to see your funeral. And I was like, oh, that's nice. And he's like, well, let's walk up there together and wait outside the auditorium. And I was like, okay. And we got up there and we were standing next to each other. And he goes, you know, if you need to cry, I got a big shoulder. And I was like, okay. And then I burst into tears. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Like on cue. He's like, why didn't, why have you not gotten into acting? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's pretty impressive. It was like a totally weird experience. My, my only regret is that um, after my funeral, they had a guy talking who had had his son die from a drunk driver accident. Mm-hmm. And um, the bell rang for school to be over when he was like in the middle of talking. Mm-hmm. And so I regret that like my part was like so long. Like, did I really need a funeral? No. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, well, that's they- probably how they scheduled it though you know so I know I just wish that he would have gotten to finish talking about something that happened to him that was actually real as opposed to my fake funeral you know yeah (laughs) yeah so that made me feel kind of regretful but also like during my slideshow my best frenemy was like bawling her eyes out and everyone was like what is happening okay yeah (laughs) They, I, like a bunch of people came up to me afterwards and was like oh yeah Mindy was crying her eyes out during that and I was just like why <laughs> like I don't get it <laughs> like we're not really especially at that point in our lives we're not not really friends mm-hmm. so anyway it's kind of like why are you crying as far as I know you don't particularly like me so. yeah you don't like me but here's to you Mindy thank you for crying for me <laughs> So anyway, I don't remember why we're talking about this. Um, cameos. Ah, yes. yeah. Okay. That still doesn't make sense, but that's fine. The, the, the author got to, you know, be in oh, to do in a cameo and then yeah. we kind of bunny trailed from there. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so back to the regularly scheduled programming here with the, yep. <laughs> the interesting facts. Um, <laughs> It says, uh, Bobby refers to Captive Chet as Chatty Cathy. Um, From 1959 to 1965, Chatty Cathy, a pull-string-talking doll, was second only to Barbie in sales. Um, The doll had maybe a dozen lines it could recite. Uh, Pulling on the string powered a vinyl disc and needle phonograph in the doll's torso. That's impressive. (laughs) Yeah. Um, In the 1963 Twilight Zone episode... Oh, wait... No, the episode was from 1963. The series, it said, I think it means it start, started in 59, but um, the Living Doll episode from 1963, uh, the voice of the increasingly homicidal Talkie Tina was done by the same actress who voiced Chatty Cathy. Oh, that's fun. Um, it says, when Chet explains how he tracked Sam and Dean, Bobby says, great, just what we need, a Mensa monster. Um, he's referring to the oldest and largest international organization of persons with the high IQs. <laughs> yep. Um, I feel like I've heard of that, but I don't honestly know what they do. I don't know what they do either. I have definitely heard of it, but I know nothing about it. So. And then it's a bunch of smart people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Are they using their powers for good or for evil? Uh, yeah <laughs> um it says this episode oh wait uh it says frank lines up sam and dean for new photos and says let's blue steel you up some new ids um he's referring to the signature modeling look of the title character from zoolander from 2001 
Mm-hmm. Um, it's also a reference to season six, season six, episode 15, <laughs> season sick <laughs> is a sick season. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, so the episode, the French mistake from 2011, it says, uh, Dean said, nice blue steel, Sammy, um, pointing out the magazine cover featuring them both. Also, I'd just like to say it's also from the episode where he has to do his, um, uh, mug shots. And he's like, I call this look blue steel. Yeah, you're right. There's two blue steel moments. One where he's saying Sammy has one and then another one where he's like, I'm going to show you my blue steel. Yeah. But I don't remember what episode that is. Um, when he, is it, is is it the first, is it the pilot episode? I mean, he gets arrested in the pilot episode. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. That's my guess. It's somewhere early on though. I know that. We should probably find that out. Yeah, that's my <laughs> guess. I think it's the pilot episode. Yeah, I wouldn't know. I'm trying to think of where he was. Did Sam also get arrested? Or no, was Sam that... did not. That's Sam also has mug shots that are similar to Dean's. Yeah. So I yeah, think I it would have been an episode where they both got arrested. But I don't know what that would be. Yeah, I'm gonna I stop think thinking it. about it too hard. <laughs> okay. <laughs> My brain's like, we can't go any farther than this. <laughs> um, it says when the boys are conducting the robberies, they quote each other, or they quote other famous robberies. Um, they quote Heat first, and second, they quote uh, Pulp Fiction. Um, it says Bobby then says that Pumpkin and Honey Bunny have already hit St. Louis. Um, Pumpkin and Honey Bunny are characters from Pulp Fiction from 1994 who robbed a diner. Mm-hmm. Um, it says this is the first <laughs> episode where they, where, blah, blah, blah. let me try this again. Okay. This is the first episode where they introduce the head Leviathan, Dick Roman, who's James Patrick Stewart. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then all the dick jokes. <laughs> all the dick jokes. There's going to be so many of them, you guys. I'm just so, so sorry. Many. <laughs> I'm so sorry because we're going to giggle about it. And oh, every time. Make our own dick jokes and it's yep. just going to be, <laughs> it's going to be dick this and dick that and dick everywhere. And it's just, God. All the dick. Yep. <laughs> <sighs> um, it says when Sam and Dean first meet Frank entering his house, Frank holds up a shotgun to them saying, well, well, looks like the spider caught some flies. Um, this is a slightly modified version of a quote from the pawn shop owner Zed in Pulp Fiction from 94 um, when he holds up a shotgun to Butch and Marcellus Wallace. Okay. So, hmm. um, which I feel like I've seen Pulp Fiction, but it was one of those that like somebody, I want to say that it was like playing at somebody's house or somebody decided to play it or something and I wasn't really paying attention but I think I've seen bits and pieces of it yeah I I I think we've talked about this before but I um I saw it so long ago that I just have like a vague recollection of certain scenes and that's it yeah I'm pretty sure like if I were to watch it I'd be like oh this seems kind of familiar this yeah I don't remember like names or anything like that so oh no Mm -mm. (laughs) nope um so for our research for this week um it's off of ranker because we love them and we can't stop (laughs) can't stop won't stop um and it's called people share creepy stories of encounters with doppelgangers um 
So the first one, it says, um, seeing herself out of the corner of her eye, it says late at night, I usually go to the bathroom multiple times, but for the past four days, every time I go to leave, I can see myself still standing in the mirror from the corner of my eye. It's like the other me is watching me leave the bathroom. It terrifies Uh, me to the point where I almost run out without looking directly at the mirror. I never told my husband about it because I didn't want to acknowledge it out loud. (laughs) Earlier today, I took a nap in our bed while he sat in the chair next to it watching TV. When I woke up, he told me that he had seen me sit up and crawl backwards to the edge of the bed and stand up in front of our bedroom door from the corner of his eye. He thought it was weird. I got up like that because I'm in the last month of pregnancy and can't really move so well without it hurting. So he tried talking to me. When I didn't answer, he looked at the door to find me not there and still sleeping in bed. I got really creeped out and finally told him about what I had been seeing in the bathroom. He thought it was creepy as well, but didn't really want to talk about it anymore because he thinks it will give it, give whatever it is, power of energy. I have no idea what it wants or why we've both seen it. Uh, that's so scary. Yeah. I don't like <laughs> it. I do not like it. Nope, neither do I. Um, this one is called a fake mom beckoning her daughter away. It says, when I was nine, I stayed home sick from school or quote unquote sick. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, I distinctly remember that I wasn't actually sick, simply playing hooky to avoid bullying. Kids are cruel as I did that a lot around that age. I woke up from a nap, turned on the TV in our living room and scrolled through some channels when my mother suddenly leaned over the bar and stared at me without saying anything. I'd been awake for a few minutes at this point, so I can't rightly blame sleep paralysis for all of this. Now, whatever this thing was, it was entirely identical to my actual mother. It sounds weird to describe, but it's as if the only difference was that this thing pretending to be my mom had never felt a single emotion in its life. It was unsettling. Hmm. It beckoned me and I attempted to talk to her as I would my mother. She kept beckoning, refused to answer, and that's when I sensed something horribly wrong. Naturally, I started screaming at this thing to answer me. Um, It just kept beckoning. I bolted, running out of the room and into the yard yelling for help. My mother, the real one, had been working in the yard and came rushing over. I told her what I'd just seen, and she sued me with easy explanations that it must have been a fever dream, but thankfully stayed by my side the rest of the afternoon as I was a nervous wreck. Oh, that's um, so creepy. Yeah, like, <laughs> I, don't, I don't like that at all. Yeah. Um, uh, this one is a second dad standing at the door. Um, it says, I remember one Sunday morning, my brother and I were watching a card captor Sakura. I don't know if I said that right on TV and someone knocked on the door. We lived in an apartment that was empty. The owner hadn't rented the second floor. It was a two bedroom apartment, a kitchen and a bathroom by the door, a small apartment, but with a big window that faces out to the door. So when I heard someone knock, I checked the window and saw my father. So I thought I was going to the door to open it. When I was going to unlock the door, my mother pulls me away and screams at me to not open the door because I didn't know who it was. I told her I saw my dad. She freaked out going to the window and checking and then checking the peephole. She started to get terrified and said to go to the farthest room in the apartment and to not come out. She went and woke up my dad. My dad got angry and confused. We told him what we saw and the man was still knocking at the door. My dad screamed, who is it? No answer. He said he will call the cops. The regular threats, but nothing. We saw while my dad was busy screaming at him that he was just standing still in front of the door. So my mom took us to the farthest room from the door. My dad got ready to open the door with a metal bat. <laughs> Once he did, the man was gone. My man goes out looking at, or my dad goes out looking everywhere around the apartment. The apartment door was a heavy metal door and always was heard when someone comes in and out, but we heard nothing that morning nor nothing when my dad opened the door. We heard no footsteps either, but my brother, my mother, and I saw the man that looked exactly like my father. 
Jesus, that would just be the worst shit ever. That would be disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> so the next one um, is, uh, is called The Terrifying Mother Who Locked Herself Away. Um, it says, I remember one time I was talking to my dad in a hallway of my house once. I don't really remember what it was about. We both saw my mom clearly walk past us and into her room, shutting the door. I walked back out into the living room and my mom was still on the couch, all by asleep. Um, I looked back at my dad and he looked at me. We were both terrified. We both crept over to their bedroom and looked at the closed door. Neither of us went inside. We were pretty freaked. I'm sure my dad slept on the floor that night. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> That's comforting. Uh-huh. Um, this one is called Younger Mother Bringing the Groceries. Um, it says, when I was about 16 or 17, I was really heavy into doing the Ouija board. Um, other stuff happened, but the doppelgangers were definitely the worst. My f- the first one was my mom. I heard her come in and my best friend was with me. She and I walked down to greet her. Um, she looked like a younger version of my mom and was carrying groceries. So I tried calling out to her, but she didn't respond and walked into my brother's room. And then I got a sick feeling. I called out to her, but she didn't respond still. So I followed her up. She was not there. When I walked back down, my real mom had come in and didn't know what was going on. She was also wearing a different outfit. Uh, the next one was my brother Uh, my mom was talking to him on the phone and he said he was on his way home as soon as he hung up my brother walked in the door he talked to us for a little mom wanted to take it wanted him to take out the garbage or something and then he uh, walked to the bathroom he had been in the bathroom for like 15 minutes and then I got the sick feeling again I asked if he had fallen in or something then my real brother walked in and was freaked out my mom checked on him all night to make sure he was okay oh jeez it says both times they had darker eyes and it felt sort of like a dream, but I was definitely awake and other people witnessed it. That's so crazy. Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like any of it. Um, so this one is doppelgangers that refuse to speak. Um, it says both times that my family experienced doppelgangers, the doppelgangers refused to respond when spoken to. The first was my sister's doppelganger, who was my brother, um, who my brother told to go downstairs for lunch. She did not answer. When my brother walked downstairs, he instantly saw that my actual sister was wearing a different shirt. She couldn't have passed my brother so quickly because the staircase led directly to our dining area. The second was my own doppelganger who stood at my door at 12 p.m., mute, and staring at my sister who was using the computer. I wasn't actually home until 4 p.m. later that day after school. My sister didn't know that until she asked me why I was just staring at her without emotion earlier around noon. Oh, my God. That's so crazy to think that you have, like, your own doppelganger just, like, bothering people. I know. Just like, hey. (laughs) Not speaking, just staring. Yeah. (laughs) It's already creepy. creaky (laughs) it's already (laughs) creepy enough when people just like kind of just zone out you know but to have it be like something like that no thanks (laughs) um this one is called a missing brother um this one says i'm so effing weirded out right now what the actual frick (laughs) 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 it says i was sitting there on my computer when my brother walks in and sits down on his bed he doesn't say anything. He's a quiet person, so that's normal. Screws with his big or screws with his blue shirt in there, and uh, I go to the bathroom. Walk back in, and he's gone. Look outside, and the car that he left in with my mom a few hours ago still isn't there. I go outside to see if anyone else is home that I could have mistook him for him um, are here. Nope, I'm still home alone. What the hell? <laughs> Ew! I do not <laughs> like that. Nope. Mm-mm. 
Um, this one is called a fast food joint full of doppelgangers. Um, it says we had problems with doppelgangers at a fast food joint that I worked at. I had two separate sightings myself. First, my general manager comes in to tell me in drive through that the register or, and the register person to clean the lobby then goes to the restroom. Um, so he and I come up with a plan and wait for her to come out. We see her walk out of the restroom, walk by us and walk into the lobby. We go to catch her and no one's there. We turn around and she's walking out of the bathroom. We tell her what we saw, but she didn't believe us. <laughs> Second, Manager and I are in the prep area. One of the girls who is working up front walks back and right into the walk-in cooler. After about five minutes of waiting, the manager asked me to go check on her. I open the walk-in door. There's no one in there. As I'm trying to explain this to my manager, the girl in question walks into the prep area from the front. Needless to say, the manager believed me and finally believed what had happened in the first sighting. <laughs> oh, crazy. Um, yeah. <laughs> um... This one is called Two Doppelgangers Make Creepy Parents. Um, it says, I woke up one morning to my dad going to the kitchen and stopping by to say, hey, wake up. Then I took my phone and started watching YouTube. I was awake for sure. Later, my mom was walking into the kitchen and did the same thing uh, my dad had done. Then I get out of my bed and see that my parents were still in their room. I asked them if they asked me to wake up while walking into the kitchen. They said no. I don't know what it was. Can someone please explain? Thanks for reading. <laughs> like, um what? <laughs> um, so this says uh, family members showing up at home. Um, it says the first one was my husband. I turned into the hallway and saw him there walking away from me and toward the bedroom at the opposite end. I called to him, but he didn't respond. As soon as he entered the bedroom, he turned to the left. There's just a wall there, not even any windows. Um, I followed him to the bedroom, but there was no one there. My husband had been upstairs the entire time. Yeah. Um, it says the second time was my dad. He was unloading some things from the truck and was going to bring them to the back door, which opens to the kitchen. I was in the kitchen and heard a noise at the door. Through the window in the door, I saw my dad bending over as though he was bending down to untie his shoes. I ran to the door and opened it, but there was no one there. My dad was still at his truck. <laughs> Um, both times it's been a family member. Both times I haven't seen their faces. Neither event felt wrong in any way or sinister. The movements that the figures made were exactly the movements my dad or husband would have made. Hmm. Yeah. This one is called a disappearing husband. <laughs> um, it says, my wife said she saw me standing in the kitchen doing something while I was actually at work at the time. She initially thought I'd come home from work and was worried, but, and then the figure of me apparently vanished, which was naturally even more upsetting. No yeah. other occurrences before or since then. Huh. Um, this one is puzzling brother baffles his sister. <laughs> Um, it says a similar thing happened when I was living at my sister's um, house in college. The room was uh, in the basement and the bathroom was on the second floor. One morning, she saw me in the hallway mirror behind her walking towards the bathroom in the same clothes I was wearing. She said good morning, but I didn't look like or didn't even look like I had noticed. I then came upstairs about five minutes later. She seemed puzzled, thinking I was already upstairs. Freaked her out. <laughs> yeah. Um. This one is getting the blame for a doppelganger's actions. It says, when I was in middle school, I was at a friend's apartment she lived in with her mom. Her mom was cool and let us party there, and she always had, uh, and she was always at work for long slash late hours. Um, there was a group of us there, maybe six people or so. Everyone was in the living room except for this couple who were in the mom's bedroom with the door closed and lights off. <laughs> <laughs> Wonder what they were doing. Yeah. Um, it says, we had all gotten pretty baked. I had just made myself a snack and was walking to my friend's bedroom, which was right past the mom's room where the couple's or where the couple was. 
It says, as I walked past uh, the mom's bedroom door, out of the corner of my eye, I saw the door opening from the inside and a partial face slash head that looked identical to my friend's mom, who was not at home. I don't think, I didn't think anything of it since there were so many people in the small apartment and kept talking or kept walking and sat in my friend's room. A minute later, the girl who had been screwing around in the bedroom came out and yelled at me and asked why I had, why I had kicked the door open. I told her I saw someone come out of there and she was adamant that I had walked by and kicked the door open. The more I thought about it, the weirder it was. I thought she was messing with me at first, but the person I saw didn't look like anyone or didn't look like anyone that was there at the time. It looked so much like the mom. If it were her, it would have meant that she had somehow snuck back into the apartment after being gone for hours, hidden in a room in the dark for over an hour while this couple was messing around in her bed. (laughs) And then she would have had to have discreetly left the bedroom that passed the living room full of people to get to the front door. Yeah, that's weird. That's a weird one for sure. I mean, it's also very possible that somebody else walked by and kicked the door. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, they're doing stuff in there and walked by and like blew the door open, you know? Yeah, for sure. They're they're doing it. (laughs) Bang. (laughs) You know, like. (laughs) Yep. I mean, and if they were uh, a little bait, then. Yeah. Who even knows, you know? Right. (laughs) That one's one of the least believable ones, I feel like. Okay. Um, um, this one says a canine doppelganger. Um, it says, uh, this is just a little story that's probably not worth telling, but a couple of friends got a kick out of it. I let my dog out at midnight one night, left the door ajar for him to come back in, and then went about making some soup and something to drink. After a couple of minutes, I hear his distinctive two long toenails trotting back in on the wood flooring. I lock up the door and return to my meal. Then I hear my dog barking from outside. Any owner knows that there's no mistaking those toenails or any dog owner knows that there's no mistaking those toenails. So I was a little shocked when he was somehow back outside. What had come in? It didn't really spook me. Yeah, okay. Sure. <laughs> you just had to throw that last sentence in there and be like, I'm fine, I'm fine. <laughs> yeah, that would spook the fuck out of me. I would be more than a little concerned. Yeah, I'd be like, I let something in. What is it? I, I know, right? Um, so the last one is meeting a girl who already knows who you are. Um, so... This says, so I'd just gotten real baked at my friend's apartment, walking home in broad daylight down the sidewalk ahead of me. I see, I see two girls instantly recognizable as Mormon missionaries. They get maybe 50 feet away from me. And one of them waves and calls me by name. We meet. And one of the girls gives me a friendly hello, acts like she knows me. Bear in mind, I'm pretty stoned. So I'm trying to figure out if I know her from somewhere, but she catches on that. I don't recognize her and acts kind of offended. So she reminds me that we had some big, long conversation on her friend's porch on such and such street just a few days prior. (laughs) Hmm. Now, at this point in my life, I smoked a lot of weed, but I never drank or did anything else. And going to random parties and charming pretty young blondes was completely off the menu. (laughs) I was already half in love from the moment she smiled at me. I don't think I would have forgotten this long engrossing conversation we apparently had had. Um, Now, her expression, I remember as I stumble through this conversation at first she thought I was joking then she thought I was being mean and then she kind of just looked as confused as I was (laughs) so I suggest maybe it was my brother you met she looks at me skeptically not unless he's your identical twin (laughs) Uh, me and my brother look like brothers but you'd never confuse one for the other so we awkwardly confusedly parted ways I don't remember the other girl ever saying anything 
Um, then it dawns on my dumb stoned brain. She knew my name. I turn around and they're a, a few hundred feet away. I yell, wait, how do you know my name? But they don't hear me. And I foolishly couldn't muster the courage to run to catch up with them. That shit bugged me for weeks. <laughs> I wanted to know what we had talked about. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if she's a Mormon missionary and she was hanging out on somebody's porch, I can assume she was talking about the church. Yeah. That would be the most logical explanation. Right. But... Yeah, those are our um, our nasty, creepy doppelganger stories. <laughs> those are fun. I like those. Yeah. Um, so what was your idiot or athlete moment from this week? Oh, my God. Okay. So this is not that big of a deal. But the other night I was sleeping and Eric works until uh, one in the morning. And so he came in at two in the morning. And normally I don't wake up when he comes to bed. But I did wake up this time. Mm-hmm. And um I was, I remember being high when I went to bed (laughs) and I was, um, shopping when I was high before I went to sleep and I bought like 80 bucks worth of like eyeliner or something like that. Jeez. (laughs) And so when Eric woke me up, I was like, oh, I wasn't high anymore. And I was like, oh, Hey, like, I just need to tell you that I spent like $80 on makeup. And he was like, yeah, I saw that. And I was like, okay. He goes, and he says, I just spent a lot more money. And I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> like, yeah, I can one up you on that one. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. He's like, I went and bought all that stuff in our Amazon cart. And I was like, like what? And he's like, oh, you know, a treadmill and um, one of those. I'm not sure what these are called, but they go in entryways and they have a bench and like shoe storage under it. And they go up high and have like coat hooks. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. He's like, yeah, I bought one of those. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> I know. I was like, oh, and I got like so excited that I was instantly like 100% awake and couldn't go to sleep for hours because I was excited because <laughs> I was oh, no. excited about the shit he bought. Yeah. So, yeah, that happened. <laughs> I mean, I guess there could be worse things. I don't sure. know. In the middle of the night, I was like trying to get myself to go back to sleep, but I was just like treadmill, treadmill, treadmill. I'm so excited about this treadmill. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I gotta say, I don't think I would ever get that excited about a treadmill, but yeah, I just, I really want to walk. I spent hours walking around the island in my kitchen. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) So, and I kind of like shuffle walk. I'm not like fast walking because I'm generally staring at my phone and yeah, you know, whatever. So I want to, you know, I love to fast walk, but I want to do it around my neighborhood, but I'm scared of strangers. So, (laughs) well, you know, if you, if you meet your neighbors and they wouldn't be strangers anymore and then I know. you could just stop by and, oh my gosh, my grandpa, when he was living with my aunt and uncle for a while, like he would go on like four hour walks and literally just go to every neighbor's house. And like one neighbor, he'd have pie, one neighbor, he'd have a cup of coffee the other day and he'd be gone for hours and he was out on his walks, but there was not a lot of walking involved. Yeah, <laughs> that's cute. Door door. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. really cute. What was your gender aspect moment? So mine, I kind of mentioned it a couple episodes ago when I was talking about passing out from my belly button piercing. Yeah. This one, I passed out. This was like kind of scary. So <laughs> I slammed. Okay, so let me start from the beginning. I was taking the dogs to the barn because 
for some reason, oh, I think my parents were getting their floors redone and they weren't home. And I was going to go and like, cause I used the, one of the barns that I was at, I used to help like clean the water buckets and all that sort of stuff. So I'd be gone for like a couple hours and then, you know, be doing my thing. And they're like, well, the dogs need to be out of the house and off the floors for X amount of time. So like, you know, take them with you. And then I just locked them in a stall, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and so they got to, you know, hang out in the pine shavings for, you know, a couple hours while I did water buckets and all that sort of stuff. Um, but so I needed to get gas on my way over. And so I pull up to the gas station and I'm going to get out of the car. And the one dog has it in her brain that she is going to escape. <laughs> you know, She's like, yeah. I am right out that door the second you open it. And she's like a 50 pound dog. She's not little. So I'm trying to like get out of the door and shove her in the door without like, you know, letting her escape, but still being able to shut the door. So I like had one hand and I was trying to like shove her in with one hand and I was trying to shut the door with the other hand, but I had put my thumb on the inside of the door and I like shoved her back and slammed the door. And so it was completely shut on my thumb. Oh, jeez, That hurt like a son of a bitch. <laughs> and oh my so God. I like, I was so mad. I like, I opened the car door and I was like, <laughs> you know, I like grab her and I like, you know, cause she was trying to escape again. And I grab her by like her scruff and like underneath her hips. And I like chucked her to the other side of the car. I'm like, you will not escape. You know? And I'm like yeah. freaking out. Cause I was mad. I was like, you kidding me? I just like, I think I just broke my finger because you are an asshole. You know? Yeah. <laughs> and so I finally like, and I got enough like angst and like irritation in me at this point. So I go and I like get my wallet and she's like cowering in the seat. Like I didn't mean it, I swear. Yeah. And so, I mean, later I felt kind of bad about it, but honestly didn't hurt her at all. It didn't phase her other than I think she was like, oh, I think she actually meant it. But I like get, you know, then I like put my card in, I get all the information. I put the hose into the gas tank and then I start like, whoa you know and I'm like "Uh uh-oh uh-oh I'm going down and so (laughs) I like open up the driver's seat real quick and sit down in the seat kind of sort of get the door shut and just pass out oh my god (laughs) like full-blown out you know like when I came to it was like the cold sweats and kind of like shaky you know when you're trying to like wake up but you can't quite do it and the one dog who wasn't in trouble was like had her nose in my face like are you okay what's happening can I do anything to assist you oh my god oh my god oh my god and the other (laughs) one's still just like cowering in the corner like oh no I've done it now you know oh my god (laughs) and so yeah Bella Bella's a good dog Gracie however is quite the ass but but yeah and so I passed out of the gas station I don't know how long I was out for that's yeah, came to and was still not quite, you know, there, but enough to like, okay, kind of like get the, and by the time I like had replaced or the card, finished pumping gas and I replaced the nozzle and all that sort of stuff, I was fine, but my thumb hurt like a son of a bitch. And then it ended up actually like mostly coming off, but only half of it. So like I had half of my fingernail attached, but the other half had like, came off of the nail bed. Right. Yeah. And so as, and you know, I was doing massage at the time. So as I was going through and trying to like, you know, clip it and make sure that there, I wasn't like scratching people. I had this like weird 
thumbnail situation going on. And I'm like, oh, it was bad for like a few weeks. It was gross. And it hurt for like, you know, a good week or two. But then it, you know, once the nail kind of did its thing, then that was a whole different thing. But yeah, so Gracie's a big old ass, but she's really cute. And I love her. She is really cute. Yeah. But damn. (laughs) Damn. That's crazy. I wonder how long you were passed out for or if anybody like walked by and noticed. I don't know how long I was passed out for. I don't think it was too long because, okay, so I had an accord at the time and Mm -hmm. it was pretty well close to empty, but it, it honestly, it only takes like, I don't know, a few minutes to fill up the car, if that, you know, so, and it still had a fair amount of filling to do. I want to say that if I was like, I probably wasn't out for longer than like a minute or so if I was out for even that long. Yeah. But yeah, it was like a little bit like, oh no, that was one of my first thoughts too. I woke up and I'm like, I've been passed out at the gas station and I'm like looking around going, okay, like, is my purse still here? Are the dogs still here? You right. know, like, yeah. the door wasn't shut. I'm just like sitting there. I, I don't, I mean, it's very possible that somebody probably drove by and thought I fell asleep while the car was pumping yeah. gas. <laughs> Cause I was like sitting up in my seat, you know, with my eyes closed, just kind of wet, you know, yeah. but I don't know. That was, that was a little scary. <laughs> That is scary. Yeah. I'd be worried about my purse and the dogs and all yeah. that. Yeah. I was more at first I was worried more about the dogs like escaping because Gracie wanted out so bad. And then I was like, okay, but is my purse still here? Like, is my car still pumping gas? Like is somebody else like pumping gas because I'm passed out with my card because they're like, oh, you're done. Here we go. Let's keep going. You know, like, yeah. I was just kind of like, I don't know what's happening. Everything was fine but it was a little bit terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> so, Jeez. Anyways freaking ass butt of a dog she's great but she is an asshole so. yeah. oh man <laughs> well thank you for listening to us and our shenanigans you can email us at idgits and aspects podcast at gmail.com the word and is spelled out you can also find us on facebook and instagram under idgits and aspects a supernatural podcast make sure to rate and review us on itunes and send us your idgit and aspect moments for a chance to hear your story on our podcast thanks again thank you <laughs>